welcome to GWF Action. I'm Craig Johnson, joined by a man who's been having his problems with Eddie Gilbert and most recently the soul taker. He is the Latin heartthrob, Al Perez. We know something, Craig. Let's talk about Eddie Gilbert first. He cost me the title, which I understand he wanted a piece of it too. But Eddie Gilbert, I'm not a hard man to find. You just call me name, call my name, give me my number. Hey, just give me a call. Now, soul taker. You got a big problem. I don't know if it came from Eddie Gilbert or not. All these people out here know that I've never backed down from anyone. You want to break rules, everybody knows I can break rules. You want to fight, I can fight. You want to wrestle, I can wrestle. I'll do whatever it takes to beat you. Like you said, this isn't over. Well, believe me, Latin heartthrob isn't laying down for nobody. It's not over. You want to fight, you got to fight, baby, because here I am. I'm not a hard man to find. I've faced bigger, stronger, and badder. I can't take away from you because you're big, you're strong, and you're bad. But I've never backed down from anyone. I've never quit. Soul taker, you want something to do with me? You got it, brother, because I'm an easy man to find and a hard man to beat. The Latin heartthrob, Al Perez, we will see him in action a little bit later. We will also see in action the North American champion, the Patriot. We'll see primetime Brian Lee also in a singles matchup. It will be Terry Garvin against one of the Dirty Davis brothers, this time Mike Davis. Plus the Rattlesnake will be in action against Ken Stryker. And our main event on this edition, Al Perez against Sweet Daddy Falcone, the newest find of Skandor Akbar. Plus, Bonnie Blackstone will be here with a fan's question, and we'll talk to you about all the news in the Global Wrestling Federation on this edition. So stay tuned. We get action underway with a man in the red, white, and blue. He's known as the Patriot, and he's next here in the GWF. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. says I just whipped your ass. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! Look at this. going on there to the big Vito Ice, the Hami Nights, the PWC Ice, all the ice out there, the left, the right, the Dems, the Repubs. 
uh, you know, the Israelites, the Hermaphrodites, the Transites, all the ites out there, the Magnificent 7, the Elite 8, the Naughty 9, the Terrific 10, the Essential 11. You know, you know, the funny thing is, Reflectionites, you know, a couple of, you know, about a week ago, it was TW's birthday. He was celebrating 29 all over again. So a happy belated birthday to the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, all that stuff. My cohort in crime, even though I did it on his Facebook page, but neither here nor there. I want to do it on the Poppins. I want to do it on the PWR podcast at Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com. I want to say happy birthday, 29 birthday, maybe 50, I don't know, maybe 51, maybe 59, maybe 65. The man is young. He's young at heart. He is young, you know, in the mind, in the spirit, in body, in the soul, but neither here nor there. But let's say happy birthday to the man. The myth, the legend, Dr. Frankenstein himself, the Tommy Wonder Happy Belated. And the reason I want to say Happy Belated was it was a funny thing because I don't know if you you recall this, but you know you was you know I think it was Pastor Travis Bolt that said some heartfelt uh, well wishes to on your Facebook fan page. I did it on the PWR Facebook fan page where where it was duly noted. But I remember, you know, I, I don't know if it was on Pastor Trav or just your Facebook, but, you know, you was talking, I think it was one of your friends list. You know, you talk about, you know, you're getting older, you feel like you're 21, you feel like you're 20, and I don't need to hear none of that. But I just remember some of your friends, some of your cohorts, the, the people you ride or die with, your Facebook friends, quote unquote. I just love these comments. It, they were saying and reflection, I, I, I kid you not. TW, you do a podcast? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? That, and, and, and then I just had to chime in and just share a pod bean. I forget the name of the people, so forgive me, TW, because my they were all wrestlers. Kid, oh, they were all wrestlers, but it was just funny that they said, "You do a podcast? What are you doing about all this stuff?" And I just said, "You know what? Fuck it." Shared one of our latest uh, pod beam episodes, and then some people said, and I quote. Oh, I'm I'm joining the Hami Media Group. So hopefully they are staying with, you know, if you're still on the train, congratulations. You are a reflection man. Congratulations. You are a member of the Magnificent 7, the Elite 8, the 99, the 2, the 10, the Essential 11, and the Tubular 12, and the Thirsty 13. You know who you are. I just don't know your names, but it was just funny. So I just wanted to say happy belated, and hopefully your wrestling brethren are still reflectionites. Yeah, thank you. But they were Ross and Verdi, uh, but he's better known in the wrestling world as uh, Logan the Dread King. And then Levi Blue, his name's Whoa. Sean. He actually listened to it. Levi Blue, he said he's going in. And then other people liked it. Uh, and I did tell him the name of it, but you also left out something because you're making it sound like I don't tell people that we do the podcast. I'm just saying, it, I, I, it, I got the receipts. From the yeah. comments. Yeah, and what I wrote to them was, you know what? Shared it a million times, and only one person has ever said, hey, man, I enjoyed it. And that was Matt Talaco, and that was recently. And I don't consider Donnie as someone who listened because I shared it. Because he's Don of Destruction has listened since Travis was on it. So well, Donnie's really, a, he's a day one. He's a day oneer. He might go through some dry spells. Put the finger up there for Donnie, day one. 
Yeah, and he he may go through some dry spells where he misses it, but then he'll he will power through four, five, six episodes in a row to catch uh-huh. up, and then messages us on the side saying thanks for talking about this, thanks for talking about that. But Verdi and and I, I don't even think that had nothing to do with my birthday. That was it was me talking about how I did so many things every day in a row. It was podcasts on Monday. Tuesday I went to a concert. Wednesday I went to a something. Friday I went to a Tiger game. It was, I told I you. I told you my my old age is kicking in. Yeah. I get amnesia, so I might have com- I might have combined it. The Bert, you combined a lot. And Travis, mm-hmm. he he made it on his post, but tagged me. So it was like I told him. I said, "Hey, bro, I finally got you over. I gave you the rub because he had like 102 likes." I go, "You've never had that in your life." And he goes, "Well, because of you." And I'm like, "No, it ain't." I go, there's like 50 people that are my friends, but also yours. And then there's about 55 that are people I do not know who just wish me a happy birthday. And I told him this because I am arrogant. I am, you know, cocky. But I told him he's the type of guy that if he gives somebody the seal of approval, people think so much of him, they automatically then think so much of the person that he put over, which again, I think I said this on the show before, my first trip to North Dakota, that town had a Tommy Wonder night for me coming there, all because of how they felt about Travis, and he told them how he felt about me. So I will always be indebted to Travis, and I will always be grateful for him. And this means I have to get his social media stuff out at the end here. But the Wait, thing I thought that. you were going to bring up was when I put, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. And the very first comment was my buddy Dave, who ironically enough today is his birthday. Uh, and instead of calling him old, like he did me, and he's older, much older, Dave, if you're listening. Um, he put, in what, dog years? And then everybody popped for it. So I'm like, man, this guy stole my thunder. First comment out the shoot. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the last one I put up was, these people are lying. It was, I was drunk at like one in the morning. I said, these people are lying to you. I'm not 50. I'm 29 again, is what right. I said. Well, you know what? If you feel like it, it's all, it's all about the mental. It's all about how you feel in the heart, in the mind, in the body, in the soul. So happy belated 29th birthday. But and Rick, of Davies, course, Rick Davies asked about the podcast, too. Whether or not those guys are listening, Levi's the only one told me he was. Those guys might be. Shout outs to Levi. If you're still on the train, you are a reflection night through and through right now. See, I told people I would shout out new names. I, re- I always shout out Donnie Day One. I always shout out Philip Scottwood. I always shout out the Gooch. I always shout out Greenpeace. I shout out the people T. that drive us. TN Coupon. Oh, the video man. He's our man that will give us the video links that we need. But anyway, neither here nor there. Tell him we need but- the Wrestling Summit. You want to give him too much, man. Don't give him. <laughs> I, you know, you don't need the homework just yet, Josh. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, I'll try to find this one. But anyway. I almost forgot. I gotta. You'll find myself. it on YouTube, and the shit'll look like TV when it goes off the air at midnight. When I was a kid. <laughs> hey, that's what YouTube is there for. You know, all the all the VHSs are converted, and that's what you get. So you know, you can't you can't be us uh, spoiled. Okay, you can't be spoiled because of the reception. But neither you know that. I almost forgot. I gotta introduce myself because I'm vain yeah. like that. <laughs> I got to introduce myself because I feel old right now. I'm crinkling. I got amnesia. I got dementia, all that stuff. So I must I must introduce myself in a glorious manner so I can feel 8, 10, 15 years younger. But anyway, neither here nor there. I'm the studious one. 
Neither here nor there, I'm the stupendous one. Neither here nor there, I'm the charismatic one. But neither here nor there, I am the glorious one. The only objective man in the IWC, YWC, PWC, punditry. The only objective man in this political spectrum. The only objective man on Twitter, Facebook, and now threads. Your friend of mine, the professor, Chabelle Cruz. What the hell are you doing? You keep redecorating every time I'm introducing. Ah, I'm scratching my back with a pen, man. I'm itching. I heard. That's all I keep hearing. I need to hear that. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. All right, LA Knight. Well, I'm sorry, Detroit Knight. TW Under. TW Under? <laughs> under. That sounds like a grinder name. But again. Wow, Gorilla. I digress. But anyway, welcome to the PWR podcast here at the Hami Media Group at Podbean.com. And we're going back to our traditional style of doing a podcast. We are going at the Sonic TW. So for this week, we got to go back in the time machines. We got to go back to 1991. We got to go back to Dallas, Texas. And we got to talk about Global Wrestling Federation from the world infamous Dallas Sportatorium. This was uh, taped, I believe, October 28th, 1991, TW. But the date's not the important thing. Before we even get into this, TW, because I have a little bit of a rant, because, you know, we've done a couple of global episodes here on the PWR podcast, but we always stayed very, you know, episodic uh, stringent. You know what I mean? We've always talked about what was going on on the show. We will still do that. But we've never really ranted so much about the organization itself. I might have given out a little bit of logistics here or there, who owned it, what was going on, and all that stuff. But I figured let's start by going on a little tangent because I just noticed some things when I just saw this episode. And it was not about who was on it. We'll talk about that, TW. But I just want to say about Global Wrestling Federation, my diatribe, I got to start this. And I want your honest opinion. Now, you remember that Global Wrestling Federation was a, was a lucky organization that sprung up out of nowhere thanks to investors and Joe Pettacino. So, you know, with the, uh, the crumblings, if you will, of the AWA, with the crumblings, if you will, of the territories, the NWA territories that just went bankrupt, there was only two big territories, if you will, nationally, that was left in, on the United States soil, and that was WWF, NWA, slash WCW. But again, that's the logistics. Global Wrestling Federation got lucky because the USWA pulled out of the deal. But I'm not talking about that. I just want to talk about Global Wrestling Federation because one of my tangents, one of my diatribes, I will say this. And I've, you remember that it was like on ESPN every day, five days a week, either four o'clock or five o'clock. Basically, it was an after school thing. You get out of, out of high school like the professor did, like TW did. And then you go home and you have dinner and you're watching wrestling. Now, for me, that should sound cool, right, TW? But I have a, I have a problem with this now at 46 years old, I guess, because <laughs> I, I didn't realize this. The reason I was happy to have wrestling five days a week was because I was still a newbie. It was still the honeymoon period with having cable. And, then, and this is 91. So I'm three, I'm two years into having cable and all the, the options, if you will. But now at 46 years old, I think this was logistically the stupidest thing that GWF could have done. And the reason I say this, having five one-hour shows 
a day, every a day, a week. You are killing your own brand. You are killing your own business. You know what I mean? Storylines. Small roster. Yeah, a small roster. You're wasting storylines. It, it's like, and we always talk about like it's a it's a it's a strain just to watch Monday Night Raw and Dynamite on Wednesday and then SmackDown on Friday. And if you're really hardcore, you watch New Japan and Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, all that shit. That's like ten hours in a damn week. This was the first organization right now after watching this that I really thought, damn, this is an exhaustion just to watch this shit one hour a day, every day, five days a week. So what say you about that? Because that pissed me off for 46-year-old professor. Didn't piss me off as a 13-year-old, but it pisses me off now. Well, AWA did it first. And then, but the AWA would be, was more like, uh, it wasn't consecutive all the time. You, you would turn it on; it'd be old shit one day or mm -hmm. whatever. It wouldn't just it'd be, be the classic. It'd, it'd be the classic, yeah, yeah. and then a new episode maybe but, later into the week. But for me, huge fan immediately. So, for one, like you said, honeymoon phase for me. I felt like this was towards the end of it. This episode that we watched, October ninety-one, because I would have been out of high end, school. End of, end of what? Oh, your high school days? My high school ended in, in June of 91. So this is okay. October of 91. And some of these people I didn't even fucking recognize. So I was like, what the hell? So I mm -hmm. either thought, A, it was either really, really early version of it, or mm -hmm. it was uh, this the, was the, the end of it. This was the first half of the GWF uh, saga or you know reigns of Joe Pettisino. Once right. he left in 92, then it turned over to another group called North Star Promotions, but we're not talking about the North Star people. Right. This is that's, the Joe Tessina lane. Right. So so this is probably the the towards the end of year two. Like it started in ninety some point. No, it started in ninety one. This is then, year okay. one. Okay, then but like early ninety one, January, February ish. Well, you know with this Because I know I watched it after school, damn it. No, no, no. You you know this is because they they taped all this stuff weeks in advance, and now right. it's premiering in October. So what what you're saying is true. So I'm just I'm agreeing with you. I'm just giving you the logistics. That's so, all. So, but for me, remember, I only had my greatest promotion ever, my favorite mm -hmm. promotion ever. It felt like forever, but it was basically 1987. And by the end of '87, they got bought by NWA and bye bye UWF. So then there's mm -hmm. 88, 89, and then I swear I was watching this shit in 90, man. But I was watching USWA in 90. Or or Trust AWA, me. something, whatever. But mm -hmm. when the first time I saw GWF, I remember my buddy Bill Turner was like, hey, man, did you see this GWF shit? It's, it's on where AWA used to be. So I'm like, no, but I'll check it out. And I've always been a fan of this guy. And to the point where we became Facebook friends and he passed away last year, bummed me out. His wife is now my Facebook friend. Um, huge fan of the Patriot right away. Don't think I knew right away that he was the trooper from the AWA, but kind of mm -hmm. figured it out because the guy had, like, seen his body before Cena had it, right? And it was never right. an ounce of fat on it. Huge fan of Bagwell when he was the handsome stranger. And was it you and me talking about Chris Walker and Simpson the other day, or was it me and Travis? Because I was just talking about these guys, and they're on that episode. Conan, they're, Chris they're Walker, on the, they're on this episode. Steve yeah, Simpson, but only a promo. Conan, yeah, yeah. But Conan, Chris Walker, 
I, I was immediately a fan of him. As a matter of fact, um, when I first saw Neville, and they didn't show him like standing in a ring. It was always him jumping off the top rope and whatever. When I saw his mm-hmm. vignette, when I first started watching NXT, when he ended up losing his belt to, uh, was it Sami Zayn he lost it to? Yeah. Yeah. So they were setting up that. When I saw him, I go, Whoop. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's the ultimate warrior and doing stuff like Thunder Liger. I'm like, how is he not on SmackDown or Raw? And then they showed him. And his head was this far above the top rope. And I was like, oh, man, that's Conan and Chris Walker. <laughs> that's what that is right there. But Conan, I didn't care because I'm a little kid. So he was still larger than life to me. Now mm-hmm. I know he's not that big. And, and he didn't make it WWE long. But uh, And then this episode, I don't even know that I remember Al Perez being in the GWF. But I remember being stoked when he went to WWE. And this is after that, maybe, his WWE run? This, Yeah. Because he went he, to WWE he, in nine, it, it was either late ninety, early ninety one, and then it didn't work out. And then he left. Yeah, because he would always be on like uh, primetime wrestling, or mm-hmm. and he would go over, but like there was like no hoorah for him to come in. He they called mm-hmm. the Latin lover Al Perez. I always was a huge Al Perez fan though. So, but Bagwell, uh, the Ebony Experience, which was Harlem Heat, um, mm-hmm. I liked them immediately. Um, John Tatum was there. So there were a lot of guys from UWF that were there. So I ate it up every single day and some Fridays it wasn't on. So it would be on only four days a week. And then Friday it would be, on. I'd be mad. So my appetite then was insatiable. So it worked, but I can tell you, I agree with you 100% at 50. (laughs) There's no fucking way I would add five hours to my already jam packed, uh, DVR. I, I just mm-hmm. yesterday watched all of last week's AEW, all of uh, Raw, NXT, and then I still have SmackDown to go. Um, and it's tough, man, because you got to spend a whole day, even if you're fast forwarding through it. You have five more hours. I don't even get to watch Impact it's anymore because I don't have fight. It's a chore unless yeah. you're doing a podcast where you right. need to do it for right. your podcast right. and your YouTube channel, all that stuff. So. You know, shout outs to the podcasters who really, you know, sh- struggle along, you know what I mean? That keep soldiering on. I'll just, that's the word I want to use. Soldier imagine, on. To do this. To imagine you're one of those podcasters that all you do is shit on the modern product. Mm-hmm. How, how, how much harder would it be to watch all of that just so you can then press play or record and then shit all over it? You, you know what? If they get paid, then so be it. That's their gimmick and all that stuff. But I just wanted to say this reflection us because, again, I'm it's a recollection or a reflection, TW, because at 46, I'd be like, I'm not watching this every goddamn day at four o'clock because I'm looking at it logistically now. I'm looking at it business wise. I say you're wasting your talent with storylines weekly. If you're trying to do a program from Monday to Friday, that's stupid. You had, if they did it once a week, every Monday or every Friday, TW, you had storylines for the next year locked in. It's not about you needed a paper. Here's, here's another example of reflection. I said, TW, you have to, I think you're going to have to agree with this because again, where were they located? Dallas, Texas. Where were they situated? At the Sportatorium. It's all well and good. And if you understand this, TW, you'll know where I'm coming from because again, I'm an ECW mark. And of course, Let's say 90, 
85 to 90% of all ECW shows were taking place where? At the really? ECW arena in South Philadelphia, born and raised. But you, it, it felt good when ECW went to the Elks Lodge, right? It felt good when they went to the Hammerstein. It felt good when they went to Florida. If you call yourself Global Wrestling Federation and all you do is a show at the Dallas Sportatorium, we know it's the Sportatorium. You just re rechristened it the Global Dome. No, it's not worldly. This no, episode, we they call it the Sportatorium, so it might be early. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just don't remember some of these. Students. I'm just, I'm just giving you all the nitpicking that I have against Global Wrestling Federation. Again, I appreciate what and, they did. And there's one more you can add to that pile. They What's call that? themselves Global Wrestling Federation, but their mm -hmm. champion is the North American champion. Their main right. title was the North American champion. Yeah, North American champion, North American tag champion. So I guess the illusion that global is so worldly, like you got to go to England to, you know, fight the English uh, global champion so you can become the world champion. You didn't hear, you know, they sold yeah. the illusion. That's what it is. They what I think is they were, I would say, just it popped in my head right now. I okay. would say if they called themselves global, and they only made their champion the North American champion and the North American tag champs, it almost feels like they were hoping either WWE or NWA would let them be their minor league. Like, our guy will fight your champion when he comes to the Sportatorium the way World Class used to do it. And that's the only thing I can think of is rather than call their, their guy world champion, they were leaving the door open for Vince or Crockett or at that point Heard. To come in and say, hey, we want to send our guys down there when they're not doing anything up here, and we'll pull your guys up when we need them. And well, that's I, the only re real reason yeah. to call yourself global, but also not call yourself the global heavyweight champion. I, I can concur with that. And I think, I know Vince wasn't going to do that unless it was, he created his own, unless you know, bought it. developmental. Either he would buy it or create his own developmental, which he would do in the right. 2000s with NXT and all that stuff. So we don't need to get into that. Heard and WCW would be the only venture for Global to do that kind of working relationship. So it makes all the sense in the world. Again, another diatribe reflection. I'm sorry before we get into this episode. Again, I like Global, but I'm 46 now. I got to point out the shit that I don't like now. And it's the roster. You kind of you gave a, a, a synopsis of everybody there that makes sense. But I'm talking about right now in 1991, TW. Ebony Experience wasn't there. The handsome stranger, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, was not there yet. He was in 92. The Patriot is one. But they had to retread all the world-class people first to get some kind of you know organization up and running. So you had your Wild Bill Irwins. You had your Lad Hartthrott Al Perez. You had your Steve Simpsons. And, and the thing I would say this. Adnan. And you had Sheik, no, not Sheik Adnan, Skandar Akbar. Skandar Akbar, yeah. And gorgeous Gary Young and all that. But you had all the world-class, I'm not going to call them rejects. I'm just saying all the world-class alumnus, right? So it's not, it's nothing different except changing your name, number one. Number two, I'll say this. You know, I would say this in, in 1991, TW, I think when I saw this episode, I know who's supposed to be the number one guy in global, and that's the Patriot. And I know that he's supposed to be the guy that the, the fans went over. But there was a problem, and you know this. The problem was there was a big shadow over global, and that shadow was a family. 
that that you couldn't kick. And that's Devon Erickson. No matter, I'm not talking about the curses, TW. It's the legacy. That shadow is so big that it didn't matter about the USWA. It didn't matter about the GWF. It mattered that you're trying to perform at the Sportatorium, the house that Devon Erickson made famous. So that's the, the biggest shadow. That That's why I said that the Global Wrestling Federation, for it to be successful, or at least to run for, let's say, 10 years, TW, you couldn't perform at the Sportatorium every week. You had to venture. You had to go to the Texas County Civic Center. You had to go to Fort Worth. You had to go to Houston. Take over Texas. Don't, I understand, you know, the economics. It was too expensive to do that. I get you. Don't, don't get me wrong. But you had to at least try to make your own stake in, cl- in claiming Texas as or, your, what's ATW? Or Book of Von Eric. There was a couple still alive back then. Use well, Kerry was in the WWF as the right. Texas Tornado. We know that. Kevin was a little bit iffy because I think he went international, but he had he had reservations because there were still some world-class people or USWA people that was involved in global that he didn't want to be associated with. He didn't trust them and didn't want to, he didn't give two shits about them. So he kind of like stayed away a little bit until there was the right people. Cause I know he did, he did a, a Texas appearance in 94, 95, but again, that's logistics, but we ain't going that. And then Steve Simpson, I think was somehow with the Von Ericks at some point that that's how he, yeah, came. like 80, like 87, 88. I remember that those, that time that's, period. So that's the best, best, the best you could get was him, you know, unless you got, I don't, Chris Adams is still alive in 91, right? Yeah, but he did the international thing. He, he, he did the WCW. I, he, he didn't do WWF. He just he did WCW yeah. a little bit, but then he did the international tours here. So what say you about, you know, let's put a bow on the Von Eric shadow that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, over. it's first of all, you're taking AWA slot, right? So mm-hmm. you, got, you got the chance that people are turning in, hoping to see AWA, see this, and go, what the fuck is this, and turn it off. You have the Sportatorium, which is they they eventually changed it to Global Dome, but this episode it's called the Sportatorium still, and mm-hmm. so you got people like you're you're. I mean, I still think it's a fifty fifty. It's it's a double edged sword. The fact that the Von Erichs booked that damn Sportatorium every single week, that fool, that rabid, is insane to me. But that means they have an appetite for wrestling. So anything being there in the absence of world class, it'd be one thing if they were still around, but they're not there. So it's either take it or leave it. So I think that's why they were able to draw, but not like the Bonners. Let me, let me, well, you are a GWF hardcore fan. Would you say? I was, I don't remember okay. most of the shit, but yeah. Uh, um, because I need you to try to remember your wisdom here. Like I said, the Patriot was supposed to be their top guy, right? Do you think he got the same pop or was it a, a pop lower than a Von Eric, like a Kerry or a Kevin? There's there, there's no pop like the Von Eric pop at that sport right. of because it was like new kids on the block, new edition, Beatles. It was girls screaming. And I don't think the girls are the ones watching GWF. I think, mm-hmm. and especially if your guys wearing a mask, they were there because Tiger Beat magazine looks. They weren't there because they wanted to see body slams and whatever. So that, that, that goes to show the, the business end of it, the, the mistakes they made. If Marcus Bagwell, the handsome stranger, right, TW, he, he doesn't have a mask on. 
That should be your top eight. He had the, the Long Ranger mask. No, no, but you can see his face. You can see right, the yeah. dimensions of his face. He looked like and, a Chippendale in, dancer. In comparison to the 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 what was it? The HGH head that Del Wilkes <laughs> carried. You said it, not me. I just remember <laughs> that. So for the for the girls that were at Dallas that turn into MILFs or that turn into teen moms, they should be cheering for somebody like Marcus Bagwell to be the, you know. And that that was their tag team, though. That was Simpson and, and Chris Walker. But even Chris Walker, I guess he kind of looks like Kerry Von Herrick a little bit, but he's he's just, he looks like a fucking caveman, if we're being honest. Like He, right. he looks like he'd bonk you over the head and carry you back to his cave. He's still a good-looking guy, but he's not pretty. He's not Kerry. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that for the purposes, I guess the formula, right, TW? Because you know that WWF, it was Hulkamania, right? You have your unilateral heroes. WWF is Hulk Hogan or the Warrior, right? WCW would be Sting. We know that, Luger. especially in 1991. Well, Luger was the the you know the back and forth heel and baby, right. but, but it was Sting. He was the hot. GW, GWF needs that hero and. I think, in my humble opinion, even though they, they try to push Del Wilkes, he wasn't, to me, the number one guy. And I'm just trying to be honest, tr- truthfully. I think because of the mask, it was a hindrance because you didn't see his face. If he, You know, for girls to get their panties wet, you need, the, you need a face. He had a mask. But like you said, he's got the HGH head, so you couldn't market, you know, Tiger Beat over tw- Del Wilkes. You could with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, but he was too green. So they didn't have that quote unquote top hero. There's to, another you know, guy they tried shoving down our throat still like that. Chaz Taylor. Episode. Chaz. Oh yeah. Chaz. No, I didn't who, hear by Chaz, the way. Just, mm-hmm. By the way, I looked him up maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago on Facebook okay. and, and found him. And yep. his Facebook profile, like mine says uh when you ain't got nothing you got nothing to lose, right? Like whatever you wrote is your little gimmick when your face is there. His says, I'm not on Facebook to reconnect with an old girlfriend. I'm not on here to make friends. I'm on here to sell merch and do this, that, and the other thing. And I thought, well, this guy's not going to be on here long because who the hell's going to Facebook to buy merch? No one. You might buy it now because of all the advertising, but no one's looking for him, first of all, period. Sorry, Chaz. Second of all, you come off as such an arrogant asshole when you write that on there, um, and then you can't help but think, that's that's probably so his wife sees it and really he is banging rats off Facebook or whatever because it was just way too aggressive. But I thought I'd throw that in there. You, you, you say that you say that for tw- you say that for Twitter. That's what I would say. You know, Facebook. Right. Well, is now, different. yeah, but I even I didn't join. Well, I don't remember when I joined Twitter, but Twitter was yeah. No, no, Twitter you can was, bang you can bang rats and promote yourself more than Facebook. Facebook was right. just to reunite with people I that you actually have. went on Twitter for the first time thinking, oh, maybe I can talk to some of these people that I like their music and their movies and I was, you know, naive to it and then you mm-hmm. go on and you realize they just talk to each other, they don't talk to you. By the way, I found out there is a celebrity Tinder and you have to get verified to be on it and it's just for celebrities to hook up. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. You know, I'm, tr- I'm trying right. to hack I'm trying to hack into that, but it need to hear We could get either. to 21 loyal listeners. We'd probably be get the check mark and then we can get on celebrity Tinder. There, there you go. Yeah, we're celebrities right now. Reflection, I said for you know, the SNX is fresh. You know who you are. Nah, I'm just playing. She, she got kids. But anyway, 
Let's go into this episode here. The, this episodic episode, number 171, GWF from October of 1991, TW. And again, it started very simple because, you know, somebody had a problem. The Latin heartthrob was so close to becoming the new GWF North American heavyweight champion. But there was a problem. There was, he, would, he had hurdles. He had adversaries. And the problem I had with it is the Latin heartthrob. The, the best time that I remember the Latin heartthrob, Al Perez TW, was in world class when he was the heavyweight champion there, being managed by Gary Hart and all that stuff. So, you know, he needs a mouthpiece because his promo skills is very mundane and plain. He made Martel look good in this episode. I, I wish he talked in Spanish so this way he, you know, he could get over for the Telemundo crowd, but he couldn't even do that. But he has a problem with Eddie Gilbert, TW, and he has a problem with the soul taker, a.k.a. the Godfather, a.k.a. Kama Mustafa. What say you, TW, about the Latin heart drop? A.k.a. Papa Shango. You know what? The soul taker, the, you know, what's that? Oh, Cody Rhodes. Is that the elite? I found him. Oh, fine. Great. So what say you about Al Perez's problems or his quest? To finish his story, it, to try to so, become the GWF It's champion. so weird. This, I'm going to do what you hate that I do. But the show starts off with him talking shit about Soul Taker. But mm -hmm. his match later on is against a debuting uh, Skandar Akbar protege. Uh, what the hell is his name? Sweet uh, Daddy Falcone. Sweet Daddy Falcone, who is the whitest Italian I've ever seen in my life. Uh, mm -hmm. Not named Tony D'Angelo. But uh, no, he's worse than Tony D'Angelo. But... He, he, I, and I remember Sweet Daddy Falcone from the magazines. I don't know how this guy made the magazines. Because mm -hmm. this is the one and only time I've ever seen him on video. Other than that, I just read his name in magazines. I don't even know if he looked familiar. He almost looked like then what Shane Douglas looks like now. So, and that's not a knock to Shane Douglas, but time went Sounds like it. Man, Shane, Sounds Shane like Douglas it. got older. That's just, mm -hmm. and he looked, and, and he has dirty white boy's hair. Thin and mm -hmm. you know, he's he's damn there with a skullet. He's he, he looks like he's seen way more buffets than gyms, but at least did something to not get barrel shaped. But he's not in great shape. And the guy running in was it the soul taker that ran in? No, it, no, it was, was some other guy. It was the east west connection. I forgot who uh, sweet uh, big daddy Falcone or sweet daddy Falcone's partner was. But yeah. I know it was the East-West connection. So. And then Wild Bill came out. Oh, no, out I, think, I, think it was John I think it was Tatum. It was John Tatum. It was yeah. John Tatum. And then Bill Irwin, career heel, comes out to say Al Perez. And I'm like, all this shit talk about the Soul Taker, who then shit talks him after his match. Mm -hmm. And then he fights two other dudes. And I'm just like, oh, all right. This, this Again, when we're seeing this right now, we understand the faux pas that they're doing, the flaws that they're doing. They're trying to condense a lot of shows into one episode, which they didn't have to do. But again, they were contracted by ESPN to give out an hour enter entertainment five days a week. And this is probably one of the problems here because, you know, they had to mishmash. And they got to keep matches. away from each other so it pays right. off in the end. It, again, well, I'm glad that you talked about that. no East Eddie West. Gilbert. None. No Eddie Gilbert. space. Right. No interview, too. No promo, no interview, no nothing. That that was the thing. So it's nice that you went. Actually, it worked the way you did the beginning and this this match, too. So I actually 
Thank you, TW. You actually did it the right way now. You actually <laughs> talked about it, and it made sense. But uh, but the ending is funny because TW, not not the ending. I, I'm just saying like the style of wrestling in 1991. TW, I think that we were we were like entering a different phase. Right? If you understand what I'm say- saying, because in the, the 80s, right. But the the evolution of wrestling is kind of weird because I don't think GWF followed that trend because it was still they, they felt like they had to wrestle slow, methodical and mundane, larger than life because their characters supposedly were larger than life. And again, in the 90s, with the rise of the independence and then in a couple of years, the rise of Eastern Championship Wrestling, they really went hybrid style thanks to Japan. Thanks to Mexico. They brought that style into America. And I think GWF kind of missed the boat on that. But again, that's just my, uh, let's say, nitpicking here. But what's ATW? Because it looks slower. I mean, Alpharetta is, is, is what athletic. You call the Southern wrestling. And, and no offense to the people in the South, mm-hmm. they're not as you know sharp on their feet as people in the North, historically. And mm-hmm. so you can't go too fast for them because mm-hmm. they'll tune out. And as a matter of but fact, if it, if, if it doesn't go too fast for them, then they have to make up for it with the promos, which they didn't right. do in this right. episode. So that's all I'll say. Go and ahead, TW. One of my biggest pet peeves as a wrestler in a ring, in a building, in a match where I know what I'm doing is good because I've done it other places. You're recycling shit and it works mm-hmm. somewhere. But to me, the, the biggest disrespect in wrestling, well, on a consistent basis, right? Not. Mm-hmm. And I think smarts know it. Uh, and for whatever reason, you don't see it nowadays. And I would almost say nowadays it's warranted because there is stuff that people do that. Motherfucker, we've seen that before, right? That kind of thing because of the saturation. But it's mm-hmm. when a crowd chants boring. And they right. were doing that versus Soul Taker's match against that scrub guy. Um, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I can't remember what the scrub guy's name is. But when they Mike, said Michael Stetson. I remember that guy. And yet, the first match, I don't remember either fucking one of the guys. And it was a feature match, not a squash match, right? Okay. But Stenson, I remember either being a WCW jobber or a mm-hmm. WCCW jobber. But but the crowd's chanting boring. And, it, and you know, ironically enough... I you heard it? Out. I didn't really hear anything. Yeah, I heard it. Oh. And I heard it okay. often. But it was the same loudmouth woman who kept saying it. And then a couple people... And she would, was drunk. And she was obese and she was ugly. But that's not the point. The point is, it's an insult. And uh-huh. it's the reason you don't have heel versus heel matches, which they do nowadays. And what happens is, is people start cheering for a heel and then you're ruining their heel, right? Uh-huh. Because, you know, I, I talked about it many times in here. Like I've, I've mentioned it, I don't talk about it. But I remember the magazine after Mag. It was either Pro Wrestling Illustrated or The, the Wrestler or. Whichever one, um, and it's it said the night the fans booed everyone for whatever fucking reason, and probably because it's the only two tag teams that showed up, and it was in a house show in Boston or Madison Square Garden. It was Sheik and Volkov versus Hammer and Bal- or Hammer and Beefcake, and the okay. crowd shit on it the entire match. They didn't give a fuck who won, but the, here's the good thing: that's because they were all such good heels. It, it, no one was cheering for them. Whereas oh, now Scooby Doo the last week they did their job. Right now Scooby they weren't trying to sell merch. Now Scooby Doo the last week, my guy who falling down the rungs, Adam Cole, he's a baby. 
Uh-huh. I don't like that they're making him the fucking stop bullying campaign guy, but that's another story. He's teaming with supposedly the top heel in the company, and because he's teaming with him, now the crowd's cheering for him. So you're ruining your top heel with this angle they got going on. And but back then, if you but the, with- but the payoff could be that MJF is using M, uh, Adam Cole, let him slip, and then the devil will rise again and right. cost Absolutely. them whatever. But I think, especially when they're setting up, I think what's going to happen is Adam Cole and MJF are going to be going, they're going to fight. I don't even know if he's in it, but Roderick Strong and a partner, and they're going to do you, what NXT. You mean they're going to go to the finals, and then that's Roderick where Roderick Strong. Well, and he's, Roderick, out, he, he's supposedly injured. Well, I, this is where I thought they were going. Mm-hmm. The final was going to be Adam Cole and MJF versus Roderick Strong and whoever he was with. And Roderick was going to turn on his partner and Adam Cole and join MJF because they're making it out too much like Adam's going to be with MJF and that Roderick's mm-hmm. mad for him doing it. That's exactly how he joined Undisputed Era, by the way, except for it wasn't a hashtag eliminator tournament mixed talent. Mm-hmm. It was a regular team. He teamed with and turned on Pete Dunne. But anyhow... Yeah. The fans, I don't know if it's a mistake because you got to have. I, I think the mistake is Papa Shango's fighting a nobody, Papa Shango, Soul Taker, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make it competitive. He needed to just squash him, so he's doing like rest holds and stuff. Remember, and this is this is global wrestling federation. These are the best wrestlers around the globe, yeah. around the yeah. world. So they're supposed to be the the competition is supposed to be at an apex higher than WWF. Higher than WCW, higher than USWATW. They're not local, supposedly. They're yeah. worldwide. Yep. And I think the mistake is he needs to come out and squash him. But he was mm-hmm. basically cutting promos while in those rest holds, and he's pissing the people off. And you get that loud mouth bitch going, "This is mm-hmm. boring. This is right. boring. Go back and watch it." She says it like ten times, and then other people they don't get the full on boring. I absolutely. If, if you be, hear if you hear a drunk woman saying boring, yeah, of it's course quiet. it's quiet. It's quiet. It it's it's also boring. quiet. Yeah, it's right? quiet. I didn't but hear it because I like the Usos now. I did not like them before, right? Okay. I felt like as soon as they came on, this is how Travis feels about Swerve. It's a channel changer, right? Or piss break, mm-hmm. whatever. I like the Usos now, but in my peak of not liking the Usos and not liking FTR. If the four of them were wrestling and the crowd chanted boring, I would still feel bad for them because mm-hmm. that's just a crowd taking over, if you will. And I'm sure they laid out some good. Their track record speaks for themselves. So it, it's probably a tough to say that match. But there are matches with people that are good that get boring chance. And you're like, you know what? I'd, get, I'd rather wrestle in front of fucking TV screens because there's I said it before. Nothing mm-hmm. can make a wrestling match better than a good crowd. Mm-hmm. A shitty crowd will make a wrestling match worse. But you heard boring from this one drunk, ugly lady. But then other lady. people joined her, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's because the thing. they hated the Soul Taker. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because they thought it was boring. It was because instead of squashing that dude, he's working holds. And that is boring. And, and, of, and of course, think about it this way, Reflection. That's the Soul Taker... Maybe you want to call him a wannabe undertaker no matter what. But you know where he's getting that kind of uh, idea of the way his wrestling gimmick is supposed to go, TW. So he's not he, he's not like the dark, 
you know, Papa Shango. He's not the dark, you know, dead man, you could say, but he's the soul taker. So he 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 has to be a monster, right? Reflection eyes. So with that being said, TW is 100 percent right. This match should have lasted at least two minutes, the most, do his high-impact moves and show how he is a one of the biggest threats to Al Perez and not even retain. Not even finishing his story in g- gaining the GWF North American Heavyweight Champion. So in this episode, reflection as I want to point out that Joe Pettacino does watch other wrestling organizations, including the WWF, because there is a wrestler here that was named the Rattlesnake. I don't know his whole name, but he he I don't know if they wanted him to be Skinner or they wanted him to be Jake the Snake Roberts TW. But what say you about the rattlesnake? Because he had the hat with the, you know, the the snake on it. He had a snake cane. But you know, the, the funny thing about him was he was a good guy. You you're the rattlesnake, right? And with and you know, reflection. I think about it. When you Stone Cold Steve Austin was du- dubbed the rattlesnake by good old Jr. Jim Ross T.W. What did that mean with the rattlesnake? You don't trust a rattlesnake tw but this guy was playing to the crowd it's like he wanted to kiss babies and, and hug the old obese lady face. right there yeah but he shouldn't be with the name like the rattlesnake what say you tw about that kind of business act you know failure right there or blunder if you will jeff race was his name uh i can't remember who he fought he fought mike blackheart oh yeah 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 who looked like uh, a worse version of Mike Davis or whatever the the other guy? The oh, Davis we'll talk about brother. the da- we'll talk about the Davis brothers because they were actually implemented in this show really heavy. The, the, so both of those, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who that guy is. I'm gonna assume that tag team you mentioned earlier with Capone. You, you, you said, I don't know who this. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who that guy is. Reflectionites, and this is his organization. This is his second yeah. organization. They were, I don't remember either one of these guys. And I mean, I like looking at these guys and think, where do they go on? Do they end mm-hmm. up going to WCW? Do they end up in WWF? Nope. I knew one of these fucking guys is. And the dude's got a dog collar on. With some, he looked like Mike Davis. He looked just like him. And again, mm-hmm. another guy with a horseshoe, but still has the mullet in the back. Dude, get a fucking razor and shave it. You look like an asshole going out there with a bald head and long hair in the back. And a dog collar on and think you look good. You don't. You look like someone just let you out of fucking prison and you have no money and you're fighting for food. And then you get Are your you ass. talking about Mike Blackheart or the Rattlesnake? Blackheart. Oh, okay. The Rattlesnake looked fine. He looked like like a, a younger, thinner Ron Bass. But I still don't know who the hell he is. I've never seen him in my life. I get it's it's funny, TW, because again, with the problem of five days a week or four, whatever the case may be, we don't know who to really say these are our heroes because you never know. Because let's say on a Monday you see uh, the rattlesnake, but then by Friday they don't talk about him. We don't know where he went. You know, it's hard to gauge who to invest in. Do you feel that that same kind of conundrum that I had and thinking about this right now? Clearly, because I don't remember some bitch, and I watched it all the time. So <laughs> he might not have been on it very often. Um, but it, it's just it's crazy to me that like if you put on a UWF match, I'm gonna know everybody in that motherfucker. I don't know how that is or why it isn't for GWF, but 
I, I want to know, did they record, like, did they go to the Sportatorium and record, like, the entire week in one night? Who knows? It could be. They you couldn't could, be going like, there a couple days a week. No. Von Harris didn't even do that. They did once a week. I, I think if, at the most, I would say this. I think they probably would have recorded, let's say, they would have booked the Sportatorium maybe on a Friday and Saturday. And you know how you you tape like multiple shows at a time, right. but you have at least a two day swing to get give out like ten episodes right there. So let's say they do that the first of the month, and then the last of the month. So this way you have that break in between. So this way you can rush your body and all that stuff. So first of the month and the last of the month are fucking neighbors because right after the no last no no not month. not totally at the last of the month. You know the first the, and fifteen is well, there. There you go. Yeah. And and that kind of re- or the twenty second. How about that? The first and the twenty second. Because that would work with the like rust period, you could say. Whatever the case may be. You did point out another person that was a world-class alumnus. But in this episode, he is the sheriff of Global Wrestling Federation. And we have to talk about Wild Bill Irwin. And two things popped into my head, TW. One was his gear. Because he did not dress like a cowboy. He actually dressed like a San Francisco village person because he had the he had like acid wash jeans with a strap. And of course, he has the whip. So, again, that's San Francisco. Your safe word is pineapples. That's all I'm going to say. Reflection. But let's say that is a suggestion, not a a safe word. Well, that's what you you know, when you what do you want next? Pineapple. No, no, no. When you say pineapples, <laughs> that's your safe word to stop. But again, that's neither here nor there. That's that. That's I, the. What you do is what you do, man. I don't judge. It's that's okay. the that's the S and M's. But anyway, neither here nor there. But what say you about again? This is a another world class alumnus. But again, I think you said it very eloquently on a previous episode. Like some of these guys stay around the, a certain area. They probably have a part time job. So this is good shoot for them. Job. They have, they have the shoot. Job. Whatever the shoe job, but what say you about Wild Bill Irwin probably staying local to the cause because he hardly traveled in the 90s, he kind of stayed local. And if he did go to WCW, probably did the Florida thing, and that was it. No, he was the goon, so he went to WWE, but but WWE only taped once a month themselves, too. So they did the same thing, so he doesn't travel, he doesn't travel all across the country. So he's very, he probably was a legit rancher, dude, that had a ranch in Florida. And then once okay. or twice a month, he or Florida in Texas, and once or twice a month, he left it to go wrestle in another state and then went back. I, it's funny you call him a world class alumnus. My memories of the Long Riders are AWA. Like I always think of them as AWA guys, not world class guys. And Scott Hogger when and Wild Bill. Um, well, but, they had a run in AWA, but his right. his but legacy that's how I, is That's how I was introduced to them. Mm-hmm. Was AWA? I want to say. Road Warriors and Long Riders were matches that I saw. Probably yeah, 85, 86. Yeah. Um, but here's a fun fact for you. I don't know if you know this or if I've told it to you before, but do you know who had the goon gimmick first? Wasn't Raw Bill. It was Scott Demore. And I want to say it was Rhino before he was Rhino. They were mm-hmm. like a tag team that dressed in, in hockey gear. And they would okay. come out and wrestle, and they would act like idiots. I want to say it was Rhino when we first started. And all of a sudden, the goon is on TV. I want, Scott almost tried to sue him. But the goon, if you go back and watch it, his boots had a thicker sole, and they were angled like to look like they were skates. 
And this uh-huh. dude would be hobbling around in the ring. I don't know how he never broke his ankle because they weren't flat. They were like walking on an upside down triangle. And uh, but yes, maybe was, maybe was he took a lot of maybe he took painkillers and that hurt them hurt him like a bitch. But at least in global, he could wear the acid watch uh, jean uh, spandex, whatever you want to call it. But the professor jean ain't my ain't my joints. No no way I didn't wear that shit in the nineties. And Saga Tuck. You know, that, that's the kind of gear you would wear in only the 90s. Fans. Professor's OnlyFans outfit. You you subscribe? Did, I, you owe me oh, 20 bucks. You but submitted anyway. it. You submitted I don't care. It. You owe me 20 bucks. But anyway, neither here nor there. Let's, let's put a bow on. Yeah, 20 bucks. I've been more, using a hat code. I'll pay the, fit. I'll pay the 20. That's all I need. But anyway, I got, I got miles to feed. But anyway. Let's put a bow on Wild Bill Irwin, the sheriff of GWFTW. And again, the, the ensemble, what he did in the 80s, he looked badass. This, this match here, he didn't look badass. I don't care if you have a whip. I don't care if you have a badge. But he looked like a San Francisco, you know, village let's say, person. <laughs> yes, village person. Go ahead, TW. Put a bow on this one. Dude, I've already brought him up because it made no sense. Like, well, you, you, you know what? You just made it make sense. You said he was the sheriff of the GWF. That would explain him coming out to help Al Perez. But why doesn't mm-hmm. the Patriot, if you want the Patriot to be the guy that's your hero, why isn't he coming out to say Al Perez? And then you set up the soul well, taker because, and John Because Tatum. Al Perez wants to beat the beat the Patriot and take his title. You don't want Warrior, Warrior wanted to take Hogan's belt and they still teamed up together? I'm just saying. Again, there's no, pay, there's no GWF pay-per-views. That's the problem. So speaking of which... They started the show with TW's favorite wrestler when he had the mask on, Del Wilkes, the Patriot, the HGH head Patriot, and he was he didn't defend his title. It was a squash match, but TW was it really a squash match or was it a hard fought competitive match against BA Fulton? Uh, he's another guy I remember uh, him. Uh, he definitely was, and even the announcer wanted to call him bitch ass Fulton. You know that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm no, just saying that badass. No, no, no. They, they said that I know I don't know what the B.A. means, but the fans are saying something oh, that I can't repeat. Yeah. I, so I, I know B.A. meant but we bitch can't ass. print it on the screen. Right. That wasn't the first match. Yes, it was. The first match was Steve Dane versus uh, mm-mm, 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 the other blonde mm-mm. guy. Mm-mm, that was the third match. Who was the blonde? Third? Yeah. Primetime Brian Lee. Brian Trust Lee. Trust me. Mm-hmm. All right. So Patriot and that guy, at, he looked like. Fulton, and he probably was one. He looked like the average Saturday night WCW jobber, mm-hmm. uh, which basically the Godwins were Shanghai Pierce, all that. Um, where they just you just look at him and go, Did that guy really grow up wanting to be a wrestler? Or did someone see him bouncing at a country bar and go, Hey man, we teach you how to bump? You want to make a couple extra bucks on Saturday night down at the Sportatorium? Because that's what mm-hmm. he looked like to me. And then a lot of them guys go on to become good at it, you know. They're they're good hands. They do their jobs right. They don't mm-hmm. do much offense, so they don't really need to do too too many training sessions. You just teach them how to bump. Uh, that guy that fought um, who did he fight? Alvarez? No, Ripper Blackheart. The that guy, or not Ripper Blackheart? That's somebody I know in real life. Blackheart. You're talking about. You actually talking about four matches. I just talked about I, Patriot I and BA Fulton. The Blackheart guy. Okay. Mike Blackheart. Mm-hmm. He looked like a typical WCW jobber, except for the fact that he was in jeans. Like normally, mm-hmm. there. He also looks like the Butcher of the Blade. I don't know which one's which, but he looks like one of them too. But 
But anyways, that be it was a squash match. But I think, like you said earlier, with the Papa Shango versus the other guy, they're almost trying to not have squash matches so that you have the illusion that B.A. Fulton could beat the Patriot. But mm-hmm. then you're left to wonder, well, why is he even getting a title shot? Not Al Perez. If Al Perez is the one that wants a title shot. Not thank, not, not, thank goodness it was a non-title shot. Maybe this was a eliminator match for B.A. Uh, Fulton to get a chance to become a number one contender. So neither here nor there. But the Patriot did have a nice move, the Patriot missile shoulder block from the top rope. So, you know, yep. he was, you know, USA through and through reflection ice. But the, I guess you could call it the MVPs, and we're going to close this out with these two guys, is the Davis brothers. Mike Davis and Rick Davis, or or Dirty, oh, no, no, Dirty Dick Davis, the Davis brothers, TW. Mike Davis had a match with Terry Garvin, but that wasn't what, what kind of caught the professor's eyes. During, like, the Brian Lee match and the Rattlesnake match, guess who was color commentators? The Dirty Davis Brothers, TW. That's and, who it was talking. I didn't know who it was the whole time. And those motherfuckers could not speak. They, they tried to be the typical heels, but, again, reflection, I, I say this, and this is not nitpicking. Maybe it is nitpicking because, you know, I have my qualms of people. If you cannot do a promo, then don't. Don't be assigned to do the commentary thing if you can't really cut a promo, TW, because then now you're killing two segments. The promo that you're supposed to sell for the match next time at the Sportatorium, and then two, trying to be funny and try to have these comedic, you know, timing issues with the with what's going on in the ring. So let's say you're about the Dirty Davis brothers, you know, pulling double duty in this episode. He is a lot like me, one of them motherfuckers. I don't and he says, you know, I gotta give you credit. Mark Lewin or whoever the hell was doing the commentator, he goes, Craig all, Johnson. Yeah. That was of all honest. the people I've done commentary with over the years, and then he just stops talking. Like he's looking at a skirt, or maybe he was a tried that fat loud bitch that said boring. And he mm-hmm. and then he goes, You were the latest. And and I thought, was that supposed to be funny? <laughs> you you took an extra minute. To spit the punchline on, and I think his brother, they would laugh at each other's not funny shit. Mm-hmm. And all they did was shit on whoever was in the ring. And then then they compliment him right after that. And I thought, no, don't do it. First of all, why are there two of you there? Just one's enough. You don't need them both out there. Well, they're, they're brothers, so they have to be. Hey, it's a package deal. I'll save this for the end. I was about to say something, but you're gonna make me give it a grade, so I will. But I'll save what I was gonna say to the end. But they were horrible. Horrible. Yeah. They were horrible in the ring. The mm-hmm. fact, again, Mike Davis with the skullet, three fucking teeth, and he's wearing the pants like he thinks he looks like the lead singer of Jeff Leppard, and he thinks someone's going to think he's hot. No, but, but at least one of your favorite wrestlers is involved in that match with the Davis brothers because it was Terry Garvin being, you know, represented Chaz. by Chaz. Chaz. Just, no other name, just Chaz. Because he's Tugboat Thomas's son. And they didn't want you to know he was Tugboat. Tugboat Thomas did a job for someone else in that in that show. Mm-hmm. But neither here nor there reflection. I so you know what? There's really nothing left. But I'll say this. We're going to put a bow on, let's say, an angle, you could say, TW, because they are setting up something. Because you did say, we did talk about it a little bit. But Skandar Akbar, you know, he's trying to get Devastation Incorporated running again in the, in the 90s. So... He's changed his look. He's now more corporate than ever. 
in comparison to his USWA days, in comparison to his world class days, where he kept the you know he kept the image of being the Arab and the Iranian you know bad guy, but he didn't want to dress like that, so he wanted to go corporate which I, I would say is a red flag, but again, maybe the times are different in the 90s, again, because of what was going on with, you know, Desert Storm and all that stuff. So he wanted to stay away from that. I can respect that right now. So maybe he, he didn't want to, like, have that kind of image. He, like death he, threats. he didn't want death threats. He <laughs> didn't want to get, he didn't want to fight people in Texas, because again, right. if you got a lady saying boring and she's already has, like, eight Bud Lights in her system, you don't know who else is drinking right now. By the way, I've always been a fan of Akbar. I, he, I think man is one man gang. He's a UWF guy too. He mm -hmm. always just came off as legit to me. Like he was for world class and UWF and GWF. He was their Bobby Heenan. He was always the number one heel manager. And those two idiot brothers, the Davis brothers. I remember Mike Davis being the Rockwell RPMs, some other fucking ugly dude, please bomb balling here. But the the Mike Davis, they said, eh, I like Akbar. I wonder why he hasn't tried to get us to join yet. And I was like, that's good stuff to say, right? That's the mm -hmm. one thing they said that is good because right. you're putting yourself over. You're associating yourself with the top heel. You're letting people know who are watching for the first time. You're the bad guy. He's the mm -hmm. bad guy. Now you want to be bad guys together. And so they didn't do that. But other than that, I agree with you. They shouldn't have been on commentary. But yeah, I didn't even think of that. October 91 possibly recorded months before that mm -hmm. january of 91 was desert storm so uh, yeah i i would i would shy away from it too i told you yeah. this before i had a guy try to get me out of retirement before i came out of retirement and he asked me if uh, i wanted to wrestle in this part of michigan over here which mm -hmm. might as well just have kkk signs everywhere right and he says man it's too bad because you would make a you would do an awesome heel uh, terrorist gimmick, and I'm like, not me. I won't. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get shot in Flint. I definitely don't want to get shot in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, because I'm coming out ripping on America, acting like I'm Arabic. No, thank you, sir. And yeah. oh, so I can respect Akbar's decision by going corporate and trying to be more Americanized, if you will, but. I think, again, what Akbar and maybe GWF was trying to do was sell the name and sell the history and sell the legacy of Skandar Akbar. You can I can respect great, that. Great, great stable name. Too. Yeah, and, and of course, Devastation, Devastation Incorporated. Untapped potential, you know, faction, group, whatever you want to call this. But he was in a couple of matches. He was involved in a couple of matches, not only the main event with Al Perez and Sweet Daddy Falcone, but he was scouting you know, other wrestlers maybe to join the new Devastation Incorporated. So, TW, let's put a bow on Skandor Akbar. You already kind of did, but, you know, who would have, if you're watching this GWF religiously like you supposedly was in the 90s, right, who would have been your picks for the new Devastation Incorporated 2.0 in the 90s? That would have worked for TW. Soul Taker should have been first and foremost in it. It should okay. be him. Mm -hmm. Um he liked Al Perez because he used to manage Al Perez in the world class. So Al Perez would have been, a, I, I, I liked Al Perez as a baby face, but I think he's better as a heel. And when, mm -hmm. when he was in that little cup of coffee run with uh, WWE, it felt like they were trying to have Tito 2.0, kind of like you call Corporal Kirshner uh, the second round of Sergeant Slaughter, a cheaper version, mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, it felt like they were trying to make him, Tito Jr. and I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't. I liked Al, and I've always been a fan of Al. 
but I didn't mm-hmm. like. So when he left and went elsewhere and got to be Al Perez again, you know, as bummed out as I was that it didn't work out in WWF, I was still happy he got a shot. Just like I said, DiBiase Nothing. goes there and he's never forget. Up, Never forget, never forget, Al Perez was supposed to be the Black Scorpion in Starcade. So that's a different, that's a fun fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he just, he, he's, he's good. So Soul Taker, Al Perez, um, <laughs> and because who else are you going to pick? The, the Davis brothers should have been the tag mm-hmm. team, you know? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just, this is, we just doing the like, oh, fantasy the booking. The other match, I, I, first thing I thought, and that's why I thought it was the first match. Steve Dane is clearly, I don't know why I didn't see this before, clearly in World Class and in um, GWF, he's trying to be Lex Luger. He's trying to be, they're trying to sell him as Lex Luger. Um, mm-hmm. But he went over on primetime Brian Lee, and I was stunned. Because he well, was again, in, in the match, in the match, he was supposedly, he, he pulled an Iron Mike Sharp. He yeah. had a bad elbow, and he was taping his arm and at the end of the match, Reflection Nights, he had something in his bandages and cold cocked primetime Brian Lee. And he won that match. So, you know what? Let's put a bowl because we're about to close on this GWF from 1991 TW. So I guess we will end it with the grade. So I'm going to go first because you said you, you are saving for this one. So I'm, I actually want to leave you last on this because you, you want to ether GWF. So, again... I'm going to I'm going to grade this as a 46 year old. I'm going to grade this with all the nitpicking that I kind of discovered after watching this episode because it irked the professor. It irked me the way Joe Pettacino wanted to run the GWF, the first the first leg of GWF. And again, probably he had no choice because, again, I'm not a fan of doing five days a week because you're messing up your roster. You're messing up your storyline. So because of knowing what I know now. In comparison to then, the grade is going to be lower, Reflection Night. So, again, it's not biased. I'm just being the most objective man in the IWC, YWC, PWC punditry. I'm going to give it a D, TW. The big D. I'm sorry. It's not the big D for Texas. It's just the big D because it's doo-doo. Again, TW, was this ring 14 by 14? It looks smaller than the 16 by 16. You even talk about it or whatever. It just looks smaller. It's probably fucking 12 by 12, man. It just look it, again, I have to give it the big D. Again, I give it A for effort, but for the showmanship and the overall presentation and what could have been, I gotta give it the big D for this episode. What say you, TW? And we're gonna get out of here. Here's what I'm gonna say. If this was the first episode of the GWF I ever watched, I wouldn't even know who the fuck they were because I never would have watched the second one. So mm-hmm. I don't want any of the nine people listening to this to, to just give up on the GWF because of this episode. By the way, there's a second GWF. I don't know if that's what you're calling the second leg. That no, this not, is the first leg of the GWF. This right, is the Pettacino ring. The other GWF was in Australia or something that was completely different. It, it was, was it her? The, the, sec, the, sec, the, the second leg of the GWF was North Star Promotions. That was the 92 to 95. But was it uh, the same shit on ESPN? Uh, yeah, you you know uh, you know what it's UWF. I'm I'm sorry, Herb Abrams mm-hmm. is UWF. Second yes. UWF. So listen, I don't want anyone listening to this to not give GWF a shot. So if this is early, fast forward to '92 because that stuff's better. But um, that's when they call it the Global Dome. That's when it's more polished. That's when you had that little fake Shawn Michaels dude 
Baxter, Brian Baxter, whatever his name is, who then tries to end up being a wrestler at 16 years old. That stuff was good. Um, but this, only because of my love for GWF then. I cannot give it the E it deserves. I'm giving it a D minus. And the reason I'm giving it a D minus, it's all over the place. Nothing makes sense. They crammed for for five hours of TV a week. They put five hours of wrestling in this one episode because we even didn't even talk about other matches that were on there. There were so many. I think if it came out today, you would have an opening match, some bullshit, another match, some bullshit, and one more match. They had like six. One of them might have been a highlight from some other place. But nonetheless, Uh it's too much for one hour for one. There might be Monday Night Raws that don't have six matches sometimes. So, and that's, that's three. True. Um, so it's just it's all over the place. Some of these guys probably weren't there long because I honestly do not remember Black Moore or whatever his name Black Blackheart, Blackheart, and, <laughs> and Rattlesnake Shake. I don't remember either one of them. I don't remember the Soul Taker being there. I only remember him from the magazines, and then he became. Papa Shango from from there. And uh-huh. by the way, the reason I grabbed this, this, there's a second one that's kind of similar to this. To me, if we ever did an untapped potential gimmicks, Papa Shango is the most underrated gimmick there ever was. That dude scared the fuck out of me and I was in high school. He's I thought he was really fucking killing the warrior when he made him bleed from the fucking head and throw up. I bought all of it. It was so fucking creepy and, and scary. I, I was all in. I, I uh-huh. think Papa Shango, comma, is the worst one ever. Like, if, if, if he goes, if he only lists all the, the Supreme Fighting Machine, comma. Horrible. Remember, the, the gear was horrible. The high top fade was horrible. But this dude, Papa Shango, and the second most underrated gimmick that should have been huge, and I don't have his figure, is the fucking Boogeyman. That, that, again, they were this guy would eat worms. That's dedication, man. You shoving worms in your mouth and pulling them out of your nose, you're dedicated. Papa Shango was dedicated. So all these guys, I don't even think this even represents the roster. Other than the Patriot, Bill Irwin, Tatum, and uh, Davis. But it was him and another guy. I don't remember the Davis brothers. I remember Davis and a different guy. And uh, Simpson and, and Walker. That those guys represent the roster. The rest of them do not. Akbar, uh, obviously, Skandar mm-hmm. Akbar. But that's it. The right. uh, Joe Llewellyn or whatever the guy that does the ring. Out. And by the way, I must have just thought she was hot when I was a kid. Bonnie Blackstone was fucking horrible when she interviewed uh, Simpson and uh, Conan, Conan Chris Walker. Just terrible, terrible. It almost felt like she was talking shit to him. Oh yeah, well, just because you won the belts doesn't mean it's going to get easier from here on out. Say no, but it's well, just say it's only going to get tougher, boys. That what that was Pettis, that was Pettisino's woman, so his I woman know. got a job. So got it is what it is. She so she either improved from when I was watching her, or I'm going to have a rude awakening if I start watching some old GWF well, and go. N- never for, never forget, Bonnie Blackstone was a WWF interviewer too. So with that being said, D minus. You got it. You gave it the D minus. I give it the big D. So with that being said, we close on this episodic episode of number 171 GWF from Dallas, Texas, October of 1991. What are we going to do next week? I don't know. Might go another episodic route. Might do a what if. Might do a greatest rivalry. But I, keep I have a rivalry that I want to do, but I don't know if you there's do? enough of it to do it. 
You got a suggestion? Well, yep. you know, I'll put it in the in. Well, we'll talk off the air because if I say, if I hear it now, like it. Yeah. and then you know, Donnie Day once says, "Professor, what happened?" <laughs> he said, "You had a rivalry. I heard it. I, I thought we were gonna do it." And if and of course, if we say it on the air, T and Coupon will be like, "I got you. I got you guys. I got the. I got the. I got the links." Right. No, not yet. I got to see it for myself. But anyway, I keep yeah. you on your toes, Reflection. That's to keep you on your toes. TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here and give out your TW Threads uh, account. If you did Well, it. well, we got PWC Network at Podbean.com. That's where the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us. We have Hami Media Group at Podbean.com. Also, Hami Media Group is at ChannelAttitude.com. The Reflection is at Twitter at PW Reflection. Uh, Travis, I, I've talked about you a lot on this episode. So at nuts and bolts, V O E L T Z P W. So at nuts and bolts, P W. Big Ray is everywhere, including threads at Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, my Instagram, therefore, also my threads is at Tommy Wonder 19, which is also my Twitter. That's I'm a heel on Snapchat's number wonder, Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. At the Tommy Wonder is my good guy, Twitter and TikTok. Um, Big Vito can, and Noel can be found at bigvitobrand.wixsite.com, patreon.com backslash the Big Vito brand. And you can watch the early release of our reflection videos at twitch.tv backslash the Big Vito brand. And I did a lot of wardrobe changing on this one. So maybe even if you've listened to this on one of the just audio ones, maybe go check out the videos too so you can see all my little surprises. And you didn't normally you pointed out and you didn't point out a uh, one of them. So you must be wanting to tease these people like you do mm-hmm. those dudes in your DMs. And so uh, that's all mine. Back to you, Professor. As long as you pay 20 bucks a month, I don't care what you do. But anyway, you can find me on my Twitter at PWHustle, PRF, that's PWHustleProf. You can find me on the threads at Chabello69 underscore. So that's my thread. So I, you know, I'm. I'm giving that up, so if you, you want to join the thread combo, maybe we might do a PWR podcast thread. I don't know. I'll, I'll, we'll think about that, but neither here nor there. Follow my brothers in arms, 8-Track Brown, the dirtiest of the city, the king of the reactions at the number 8, TRAC Brown, and of course, the host of the Wednesday Locker Room on the Hami Media Group, Billy Ray Valentine at OB1, you know me. And again, next week, might go episodic, rivalries. Maybe a what if. We haven't done a what if in a long time. So with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful Dum Dum Dude in the It's Zone. The man holding the the elite Cody Rhodes. Woo! Tommy Wonder saying good night. And we'll see you next time here at the PWR Podcast. The Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast at Tommy Media Group at Podbeam.com. Dig it. Who said dig it? Booker T, man. Well, that's, again, that's not the GWF that I'm talking about. But it didn't mean to hit on that.